Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 282. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Been a long week, and I'm glad we're podcasting again. Um, been a been a rough uh, rough stretch the last few weeks, I think. It's been rough. Yeah, it's been. Uh, we've been kind of keeping consistent with our every other week now in the summertime, as we said we would. Yeah. And uh, yeah, things have been crazy. Life's been crazy. I'm sure your life is crazy now. You know, you're not skiing. You're doing whatever. You're sweating. Yeah. Playing Hopefully with your kids. You're living the summer life that you always thought about. I don't know. I'm trying. I think I mentioned the last two, three years. I'm trying to embrace summer more. I actually, you know, live by the beach now, so I need to embrace it. It makes it a lot easier. Just kind of Doesn't biking suck. over the beach. Biking is fun. You just got to find ways to get through the non-ski times. Yeah. But you just, just got to do it. And we're here to help. I've been working my bag off. That's what it is. Just working, working your bag off. So that I don't have to work during ski season. That's what I'm trying to do. There you go. And, you know, if there's a time when all the snow melts and we're all living in pretty much hell, at least we'll have the metaverse. And that's going to be part of our main topic because I actually made almost like a clickbaity title for our podcast last week because we didn't have a main topic. I had a story about the creepy metaverse. I actually got some responses and I did a little research and there actually is some skiing you can do in the metaverse. So we are going to... I dive a little skied. deeper in that. I skied just before this uh, podcast, honestly. Uh, you can tell. You got some windburn in there. Yeah. Windburn. yeah. Well, around the goggles that it was wearing. Goggle line, yep. Stunning. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. You're on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, untapped, at skibumpodcast. Got a shop, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. YouTube, we're on there too. Search for us, find us, watch the video. Why just listen when you can see our smiling faces? Ah. Mario, let's kick this off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. All right, so my opera is keeping with the summer theme. And the like there's a lot of I don't know, I go back and forth with beers. I'm actually really happy because um Three Daughters Brewing down here. Shout out to them. You uh, featured them like sponsors. at least five or six times. This I year love already. those guys. Except uh, for the one. Wasn't one like... We had one beer that I was just like, Ugh, this is not good. Not good selection. Um, they opened above the Hooters at Clearwater Beach a tap room now. So that's probably the second closest tap room to me. Best views and in Clearwater, right? Less than two miles away. So it's uh, it's really good. It's on the top floor. They get a good sunset. And what I like about it is it's above Hooters. So like all the creeps are going to Hooters, but it's really not crowded at the brewery. The classic so brewery, just hanging out. out. Oh, it's great. They got table games. They got like, you know, board games. They got a, they got people playing, um, playing music. I think I put something on Instagram. The old guy playing music. Um, it's pretty cool. But anyway, so keeping with that theme, you know, uh, it's beach, it's summer, and it's time always for a nice white claw. Oh, the claw. So I'm going with mango today because I got, I don't know, I just decided my wife really likes the, um, yeah, so I got, this is my wife's, of course. I, I had to get one that says Ski on Podcast on it, you know. That, that could be made, we could make that happen. I think we can make it happen. So. If you were looking for a skinny white claw ski bum podcast coldster, let us oh, know. We can make yeah. this happen. I think we're gonna have to do that. Uh, yeah, I like this. The mango is pretty good flavor, um, and you know, just like regular white claws, they're about what five percent. What we got in here? Yeah, five percent alcohol. Um, good light. The only thing with the uh, seltzers, like so, white claw is probably my favorite. Has the most Neutral flavor with a little fruit. Uh, some of the other ones have weird aftertaste that I just don't like. Um, so I usually stick with the White Claw. And usually my, my wife has them around. So I just kind of drink them when I want something not as not as committed as a beer. It's just kind of a light. It's what you drink when you're not drinking. Exactly. It's kind of like the other water. That's right. If you're it's driving like a, kids around, you have a White Claw. It's seltzer. Oh, I, there's... There's times when I've seen people, not myself, <laughs> driving, 
not in my car <laughs> with these uh, roadies. Uh, they're good roadie. From what I what I've heard, Alleg- for yeah, from what others have said, allegedly, obviously. But you know, if it's before ten o'clock, you know, this is the perfect roadie. You know, on the way to work, roadie. <laughs> hey man, it's Friday, five o'clock somewhere, roadie. You Friday? So, what do you think about that? If it's Friday, is it bad to get in a ritual of on the way to work with a roadie? What time are you starting work? He's seven in the morning. I have no problem with that. <laughs> See, no problem at all. In China, it's probably seven p.m. Right, twelve right. hours. Five o'clock somewhere. Jimmy that's Buffett. not bad. Me, I scooted to work today. That's so cool. I took the scooter. And yeah, I zipped yeah. in, and then it was early in the in the morning, so nobody was there. I was riding all around my whole work area. Did you park it inside? Down the halls. Yeah, I brought it up. I brought it up to my office. I'm like, screw that. I'm taking it nice. up. So walked it up, and then I was like, I'm in the elevator. I'm like putting this bad boy back on. So I'm zipping out. Nobody's around. <laughs> Make a jump. Who's stopping me? Yeah, right. Run Somebody's gonna come in early. They're gonna see me jumping shit. Yeah, woo, <laughs> woo. That's the move. All right, what do you got, Brian? So I went to a little bit of throwback here. Found this in the fridge. This is actually probably about almost exactly a year old because I got it when I uh, last time I went to Big Snow. Shout out to all the the folks who uh, East Coast Ski Chat who were there, and of course to Brian who got these for us up at Treehouse in Mass. Nice. I had one left, and. I don't know. I wasn't saving it for a special occasion per se. I just had it around, needed to drink it. And this is probably one of the most delicious beers in the world. If you're into IPAs, it is the Treehouse Very Hazy. Ooh, that's a good one. And the haze is really good. And the Very Hazy is just more of the same thing. Here's what they talk about on this can. It contains the most liberal application of hops in our history. A pungent citrus juice aroma primes the senses for the intense flavors to follow. We taste ripe peach nectar, pulpy orange juice, and a melange of tropical fruit. Juice! Just the right amount of bitterness graces the palate while a sensual mouthfeel makes you easily forget. This one clocks in at 8.6 ABV. Boom. That's a nice one. It's just a beautiful beer. It's just creamy and just fruity and just a perfect double IPA. So awesome. got it in my oh look at that frosty mug here. So Love let me my... ask it. So you had that last at or you got it at uh, when you went to Big Snow? Yes. Speaking of which, they just opened back up again. If you they know sure it. did Memorial Day weekend. Nice. So they are open. We got to go open. back up there. I'm hoping to go in the next couple of weeks. I want to take Benjamin and do a little skiing in there. You had uh, some passes you bought, right? I bought a freaking 10 trip thing and only used one so far. So those are still valid. They extended them and you could. Hopefully they better or someone's getting choked out at big snow. I'm going right. <laughs> to. We're talking about it. I'm not saying I'm setting it on fire again, but <laughs> again, again, Anything is possible in Jersey, as they say in that Lotto commercial. That's uh, there you go. Mm, yeah, forget about it. They're forget already about in the it. Meadowlands. You know they got to watch out. What's that? Yeah, right. They're already in the Meadowlands. There, they got to watch out. People have been buried there allegedly. Yeah. What do you think those uh those <laughs> those are not just uh, moguls? Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's over there in Sea Caucus. You see, Caucus, hey, you, you go off of the Jimmy Hoffa jump? <laughs> <laughs> that would be freaking hysterical. They like the Hoffa moguls. <laughs> Guess which one he's in today. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, like Treat Card Monty. <laughs> I think they said they uh, they found... Um, I heard some guy talking on the radio that he um, he's the son of... The mob boss that is believed to have made Jimmy Hoffa disappear, and he's uncovering the whole like where Jimmy Hoffa's buried in a barrel, of course, somewhere. And there's these people like, that by Detroit, isn't it? That's like one of the rumors. Like I saw, there's some conspiracy show on uh, Netflix, and they had an episode about Jimmy Hoffa. And yeah, they were saying about he went to some meeting at like some house in Detroit, I think. 
huh. didn't see him after that. And they were saying like there could have been like this barn. He might have been underneath there. And they they knocked it down trying to find it and couldn't find anything. Yeah, they had all these shows trying to find it. They had a series where they were trying to track it. And I heard an interview. I forgot where I heard this interview. But the guy was talking about, I guess he's the son or nephew or some, like some connection to the mob family. And heard where it was, checked it out himself, and then said that he wanted to wait till he's pretty certain because he just wanted to close the book on the whole story and get the body back to the family. Mm. And he reached out behind the scenes, not in a big media frenzy hype to the people I think that ran that show because he didn't want it to be like media hype either. So who knows? Guy could still be looking out for some book deal or whatever, but yeah, probably who knows? Yeah. Now with uh, DNA, they could say if they have them or not. Well, speaking of who knows, Let's go to ski news. Who knows if this is actually going to happen or not? I, I don't. I don't. That's for sure. But apparently Colorado will lose half its snow by 2080 and look more like Arizona. Federal scientists conclude. Parts of Colorado, Wyoming, and Utah are drying out due to climate-driven changes in stream flows, and these states will shift to become more like the most arid states of the Southwest, federal researchers found in a scientific study published this week. The lead author of the study said Colorado will experience a 50 to 60% reduction in snow by 2080. Hmm. We're not saying Colorado is going to become a desert, but we see increased aridity moving forward, says hydrologist Katrina Bennett of the federal government, hmm. Los Alamos National Laboratory in New Mexico. The researchers, don't they have a lot of like secret stuff over there too? I think they might. Isn't that where the uh, Area, Area 51? 51? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Maybe the aliens from the future came back and told them, hey guys, you're not going to have snow here. I think she might be an alien. What do you think about that? Katrina Bennett, perhaps. Boom. I can see that. <laughs> the researchers use an artificial intelligence machine learning system that huh. allowed them to analyze massive amounts of data collected over 30 years, including soil moisture, volumes of water in streams, evapotranspiration rates, temperature, and precipitation across the varying landscapes within the Colorado River Basin. Tracking the West hydrology on such a scale previously would have taken years. They concluded, see, they got the intelligence machine learning from the alien's computer. And they fought that area 51. Alien machine learning, AML. All, man, this has all got some shadiness to it. I like it. They concluded that large losses of snow will transform high elevation areas and that the phenomenon of melting snow that creates water will disappear entirely in some areas as temperatures rise. The study was published following peer review. Other aliens were reading it in a journal Earth and other, Space other Science. Yeah. And distributed Thursday by officials at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. For Colorado and surrounding upper basin states, the scientists projected wide shrinking of snow, leading to less spring snow melting, followed by decreasing water in streams, especially in the Rocky Mountains. The study predicted in particular markedly increased aridity along the Green River as it flows near the borders of Colorado, Utah, and Wyoming. Hmm. In some parts of Colorado, we will see a higher elevation preservation of snowpack because it is so high. Then it said, citing the mountains above Leadville in central western Colorado, but other areas like the San Juan Mountains were seen to be losing snowpack significantly. So tell your ride. Wow. Wolf Creek, all those places. Um, Drying up. Purgatory. Yeah, drying up. The unsupervised machine learning system greatly accelerates analysis of Western and hydrology data, giving a robust new way of incorporating vast data to anticipate changes and track trends. 
Bennett said she and her colleagues, the aliens, plan to apply their system to analyze the drought-prone Rio Grande River Basin covering southern Colorado, New Mexico, and Texas. The Colorado River Basin encompasses a seven-state area from sea level at the Gulf of California to mountain peaks higher than 14,000 feet in Colorado. Water in the basin supplies food growers, including those who produce a large portion of the nation's fruit and vegetables, expanding cities like Albuquerque, Denver, Colorado Springs, Los Angeles, Salt Lake City, San Diego, and Santa Fe rely on water diverted from the river and its tributaries to survive. As do the aliens. That sounds bad. It sounds really bad. 2080. That's almost 60 years away. <clears throat> A lot can happen between now and then. A lot can happen between then and now. They're just, they're just taking a guess. I mean, you could create some sort of unsupervised machine learning system, but what if your data is not good? Garbage in, garbage out. What yeah. if it's the complete opposite? And if this is so goddamn smart, tell me where the snow is going to be. Where do I have to go? Perhaps yeah. is, is like is like South Dakota going to become the new skiing mecca by 20? What vacation week it's going to be? That's what I want to know. What off-peak vacation week is going to get dumped on with powder, uh, powder dump? If something's going to dry out, something else is going to moisturize. Where Where is the snow going? Where is going to be the new mass snow area? Because then... Exactly. Shifting. Yeah. Is going to be... Northeast? It's an interesting story. And that you Southwest? can actually... Who knows? Canada, know. probably. Probably freaking... Trudeauville. Trudeauville. So we'll put the link in the show notes. There's that. You can actually read the study itself. It came out, I think, in like late April, but it started getting reported on because everyone's busy skiing, having fun in Colorado. And then yeah. once June hits and the avalanche had so many days off because of all the sweeps they've been doing, people could actually read that article and get concerned and put it in the Denver Post. So then again, they may have been high when they wrote it. So just take that into account. Who knows? Machine learning. <laughs> again, garbage in, garbage out. AML, not automated machine learning, alien machine learning. Aliens might know. No. All right, next up we have, on a really happy note, Aspen Mountains, Patrick Cook named Snowmaker of the Year by Colorado Ski Country USA. So Aspen Mountains, Patrick Cook is this year's Snowmaker of the Year in the annual Colorado Ski Country USA Double Diamond Awards uh, which is a trade group, and they announced this on Friday. Did any so, of the presenters at the awards get slapped in the face? Like yes. the, whatever those Chris Rock awards were? That's right. The uh, Whatever those ridiculous ones, the uh, Will Smith. Keep your wife's name. I don't got no Aliens. Independence Day. It's all full circle. It friend. is. Aliens and Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock. Chris Rock looks a little alienish sometimes, too. If you don't think we're in a simulation, you you just playing yourself. We're yeah, all just bits matrix. of computer code at this point. It's all back to the matrix. It certainly Keanu is <laughs> main topic metaverse. <laughs> so the honors went to eight different on mountain and guest uh, guest service professionals for their exemplary commission uh, commitment to the resorts, guests, and the ski industry as a whole. So over his eight years, Patrick Cook. Uh, has been instrumental in the enhancement of the resort's snowmaking platform, installing new lines, pumps, uh, communication, communication upgrades. Um, and they say, you know, the excellent product Aspen is able to produce is a testament to Patrick and his team, team's knowledge and dedication. So uh, really cool award. Other awards that they gave out. I wonder if he's got like a laboratory where he like <laughs> tests different types of water for snow it's like caddyshack where he's growing his own grass in his- <laughs> <laughs> like a bermuda bermuda bluegrass over here you play 18 holes and you smoke the bejesus out of it <laughs> no, 32 holes and smoke the, smoke the bejesus out of it uh anyway just like adding like, a little bit to like uh, like cayenne pepper to it he's like eh, it's not gonna work he's like oh cumin our snow needs cumin that's right yeah. uh other uh, word recipients uh, of the World Mountain Operations include Monarch Mountains, Cannon Thompson for Groomer of the Year. That's a, kind of a nice title. That's pretty badass. Now, yeah. I wonder if there's like, if they have like rival groomers. Like they're almost like coming in like the Warriors. Like they have their like Monarch jackets on. That's right. Like all the guys from like, like I'm taking you this like, year, man. I got it this jackets. year. How about groomer? Like 
You go in there like, yeah, I'll cut your hair. I'm groomer of the year. <laughs> and then <laughs> okay, he puts groomer. your hair like, yeah, I'm a snow groomer. Sorry, dude. Um, Steamboat Resort had Brian um, Tidoti, Tidoldi for Terrain Master of the Year. That sounds pretty badass. That's a pretty badass award. I wonder if, um, what's the um, Minesweeper? Uh, not Minesweeper. Um What's the uh, the game where people build a whole bunch of crap? The Lego, the digital Lego thing. Um, oh, Minecraft. Minecraft. That, yeah. that could translate to Minecraft. Copper Mountain had Michael Zender for Food and Beverage Professional of the Year. Uh, sounds like a mafia title. Just, set, just had to throw it out there. Uh, I think they have that same title in Atlantic City and Vegas as well. Food and Beverage Professional. I like it. <laughs> Winter Park's Tom Hickok for Instructor of the Year and A Basin's Lindsay Weibold for Patroller of the Year. So, very cool. They also announced Steamboat's retiring of Vice President of Human Resources, Trish Sullivan, uh, with the President's Award and Attorney and Ski Safety Advocate Peter Wrights with the Chairman's Award. Attorney and Ski Safety Advocate. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. uh I think by default you're a ski safety advocate as an yeah, attorney right. for a mountain, right? Yeah. Those are pretty cool awards. Yeah, I, I wonder like wonder the second place people. Up. Was it like there's like I mean, because again, I mean it's Colorado ski country. So how many how many I guess it's all those the Colorado resorts, where there like fifteen or sixteen of them? And I wonder if like they just kind of rank them. Like <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> this guy won. Brian Tadaldi won Terrain Master of the Year, and it's like guy from Winter Park. You got last place. Like you were the worst <laughs> Terrain Master. Oh, that'd be like the uh, they gotta have like the um, what are they, like the fake you know Zinger Awards, like like a Razzie got the award for the worst Terrain Park. Remember that that <laughs> loop to nowhere that you built the, uh, the semi <laughs> shittiest <half-pipe>. groomer. <laughs> <laughs> shittiest groomer remember the rocks you created on that thing and they have that wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> remember you yeah. were building that terrain park and you put the tire in the middle of a regular run and somebody crashed into it ah. ridiculous you're terrible you're fired you're fired yeah well we're keeping it in colorado today how about good old rob Katz decreeing growth not in my backyardism owns 2021, 2022 staffing issues. Ooh. Storm skiing journal and podcast has been given a recording of former Vail resort CEO, Rob Katz's acceptance speech at the NSAA awards dinner last month. I got no one like hooks us up with some like recordings, some like yeah. Watergate shit recordings. We'll, we'll, we'll post them. Oh, Watergate shit. Yeah, we got to do that. If anybody has any creepy, you know, probably semi-illegal recordings, we'll probably play them. We'll, of course, play them. I'll definitely listen to them and talk about them. Mario is deep throat. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Hey-o. Not that. <laughs> That's probably too old for even most of our listeners to remember. That's true. Look it up, kids. Type in deep throat. See what comes up. <laughs> Make sure you do it on your parents' computer. <laughs> yeah. Deep throat, Washington. Yeah. And Dick. just leave, leave the sense. search history there. Leave all the windows open. That's right. You're going to learn today. <laughs> Katz was receiving the Industry Impact Award for 2022. Uh, the entire the quote is the entire narrative for this year was there's too many people, too many people, too many people. Uh, it was a big party, blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing that he uh, he said. He goes, I'll use my final few minutes here to get on a soapbox. What troubles me is this anti-growth narrative that's out there in this sport right now. And I think if you read that, there was no bigger story over the last year than that Vail Resorts is growing too much. There's too many people on the mountains. We heard that a little bit from some folks yesterday, and that bothers me. And the reason why it bothers me is because although it's true that this year when we should all be super proud, we had a record year in total visits, that's barely above 15 years ago, right? We can't be in an industry that thinks that if you grow barely 1% over 15 years, we're growing too fast, right? 
And initially, I was super pissed off about his comment. And then I kind of thought about it a little bit more. So the pissed off part of me, think about it. We've talked about it a billion times. Vail Resorts is a publicly traded company. Their job as a fiduciary is to make maximum money for their shareholders. Of course, they want to minimize expenses, get as many people out there, make as much money as possible. That's right. This pass, this low, the last year's epic pass prices, all that was going to do, they like they knew they were going to shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. They knew they were having staffing issues. They knew that they were going to sell a ton of freaking passes. And I wonder, and maybe I'm sure the math is easy to do. I, I can't do it though. Think about like what, what is the average price like that the average day of skiing price for a person who has that pass holder. So say you got a hundred days on your 500 and or let's call it $600 pass. So it's costing you six bucks a day to ski. Is that good or bad for Vail? Probably they could do better. I don't know what every year. I mean, that, that's probably like a on the, the lower end of per person rates. So say one person buys that $600 pass, goes 10 times. So that's 60 bucks a day. Right. What is their average price, like daily price per skier per Epic Pass? That would be an interesting metric to see. Say they jack it up. Say they doubled the price of the Epic Pass what would the number of visits be and what would the what their total profit be you know like that that's what's the most important to them it's not about how much people are enjoying the resort the you know the the fact that people are just showing up and spending money is what they care about so it's yeah, crazy that only two, 1% like, growth in 15 years like that's that is a stunning number yeah when they do when they talk about visits that's different than profit right so Think about, too, you had uh, COVID hit. People were locked in. They were going outdoor. They were skiing. um, But they had the time to ski, right? So then thinking about the next year, everybody's like, damn it, the price of the pass went up, but I got so much use out of it. I'll pay that extra money. And then all the jobs start saying, hey, you're going back into the office, right? So then people buy the pass and like, crap, now I can't use it as much. So I don't know. It's got going to have to be some leveling out somewhere of something. Well, now you have a potential, if not already here, recession yeah. into the whole mix and $5 gas prices, which are probably <laughs> not quite double what they were at the beginning of ski season, but pretty close. There's a lot yeah. of new variables that will play into this upcoming season. You know, he's like, just when you think you're out of the woods, you know, like, ah, oh, everything's going to be back to normal. Things are going to be cool. Like, nope. Well, now you wonder with five, six dollar gas prices, um, you know how Indy Pass was doing great because there's all local mountains and it were a car ride away. Well, now that goes up. So that changes the proposition right there. Maybe you go a little bit less local or. You know, maybe you do do a uh, fly out and stay somewhere that you don't have to even drive or rent a car, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Or you just ski in the metaverse. Just keeps, everything keeps evolving. Just keeps yeah. evolving. Yeah. Like, how about this evolving story? Boom. Uh, next up, we got outside of outside. Oh, you don't have the other story? There's one more. Oh, the uh, version. Park City. Oh. I don't have the newest version. Why don't you take the... I'll do it then. All right. We're still talking about Vail Resorts now. Park City Mountain Resort. Lift upgrades shockingly blocked by planning commission. Ooh, shockingly. Shock. Well, this is... Well, the reason why I was shocking is because the Park City Planning Commission has blocked two previously approved lift upgrades at Park City Mountain Resort. Ooh. The upgrades for next season were designed to reduce lift line wait times at popular spots at the resort. I think it was like a night or two ago, the Park City Planning Commission voted to grant an appeal of the two lift projects. In a tweet this morning, the resort called the decision shocking. Park City Mountain Resort received approval for the lift upgrades in May 2022. Under a 1998 mountain upgrade development agreement, Vail Resorts planned to replace the silver load lift with a new eight-person high-speed detachable chair the first of its kind for Vail Resorts in North America. In addition, a new single Eagle lift would replace the Eagle Eaglet lifts. 
This new lift would also include an onload-only mid-station and follow a route similar to its predecessor. The new lifts would address critical spots in the mountain by increasing uphill capacity by 20% and reducing waiting times. According to LiftBlog, the appeal focused on a decades-old agreement between Park City Mountain Resort and Powder Co. with a cap on comfortable carrying capacity. Hmm. Normally, chairlift replacement projects do not even make it to the planning commission and are approved by the city staff. The appeal by four citizens triggered elected officials' involvements. Damn. The four people, pissed off, not wanting them to get this new lift put in, put this appeal in, and were able to get the, the lift yeah, stopped. Who are those people? That's what I'm saying. Were they icon Well-connected people? Were they, they Deer Valley people? You never know, right? Yeah. Were they North Jersey people that were like... <laughs> this ain't going to be a union job. We're stopping these lifts. That's right. But you just, like, it's crazy. You don't want to sleep with fishes. You're going to make eh. this go through. But doesn't this show you that just a few people can make a difference? They can. That's right. You know? Open what up did the they door. have? Do they have something on the officials, on the elected officials, like hanging over their heads? Like, hey, yeah, I got video footage of you doing some things you don't want on the internet. So uh, why don't you just uh, stop this lip from going in? Make right? this go away. Capiche? Capiche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows, right? That's mm-hmm. pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And so they're showing the picture, too, of where it was. And I believe, Mario, you and I have taken... The Silver Load Express at one point. Express. Huh. Yeah, because it's just by where the uh, the gondola is that connects Park City over to Canyons. Yeah, maybe. Come, is that on the way back or the way there? On the way back. Well, it's... Back from Canyons? Yeah. You need to take the Silver Load Express to get back from Canyons all the way to Park City. Yeah, so then we de- definitely did take that. Yeah. Because we had our Canyons Day, which was magical. Yeah, it was a wonderful day. We had exceptional timing. That was great. Yeah. Got to have more days like that. Amen, brother. Um, All right. So the one I was going to jump the order and and do before, I'm going to do now. Um, And I wonder if in this area, there may be people stopping lifts. You never know. That could happen just the same. Yeah. So... Outside announces a new anti-metaverse with Web3 initiative. So we talked about the metaverse. We talked about stuff in there and land um, in the virtual and in this metaverse, which for the translation for anyone that doesn't know the metaverse, it's like a virtual universe that you can go be someone you aren't in a fake world. Um essentially, but you can have a virtual reality experience. That's the whole idea. So anyone who's, who still considers the parent company outside Inc, an old guard member of the media landscape, you can put the notion to bed. Bite your bloody tongue. That's right. The company today announced the launch of the first NFT and web three initiative, the outer verse. So I love the name because uh, it just kind of goes with like comic books and stuff that's been said and already uh, aimed at getting more people outside, promoting sustainability and helping content creators distribute their work more profitably. The Outerverse is the first compre- comprehensive foray into Web3 technology by a major consumer media company, according to the Boulder, Colorado based brand. It also is meant to challenge a commonly held idea that the metaverse and its attendant technologies are antithetical to spending time outdoors. So the concept of the outerverse is to be anti-metaverse, the CEO, Robin Thurston, told Fast Company. It's not my goal to get people to spend spend more time in VR or inside on screens. So the initiative is going to roll out in three parts, an NFT marketplace housed on the Just Launch website, uh, outside.io, community-oriented creator platform, and an outside branded token all will run on the Solana blockchain. Uh, so again, it's very tech tech based, uh, but the emergence of NFTs, cryptocurrency and Web3 systems is a game changing development for media. And the vision is that they want to harness the technologies to get the next generation of adventures outdoors and infuse the blockchain culture values that their followers hold dear. 
So it's pretty interesting. They're talking about having an outerverse passport. Um, and it's going to be a token that will be part of the whole membership and in, in, you know, involvement with, uh, with outside. So I think it's more so promote the branding and, and other outdoor brands to get people away from screens and, and being indoors and getting outdoor. So we'll yeah. see. You know what? I, I like them trying this. I don't know if it has any chance of, of working. I still yeah. don't, I still don't get NFTs. Like I get what they are. I understand it's a non-fungible token. It has a proof of ownership. I don't think we're at the spot now where it provides. Maybe I'm I'm thinking too much analog, of a value, too old any, right? Well, that, that's the thing. And I, I've listened. Like I've been involved in the crypto space for probably eight years now, and I, I I consider myself to have a pretty good grasp on a lot of it. And one of the cool things I heard that someone said they wanted to thought was a concept is like a, a token, you know, like these non-fungible tokens. Like imagine you're Disney and Disney, like you, if you love Disney, you could buy Disney stock. What you're owning in stock is you're owning part of the company. Imagine if they had a token though. So that was something that you bought it and you had some exclusivity and say it gave you those uh, fast passes at the resort. You got like a collectible, you know, I don't know, image, JPEG, something that was like something that you could actually hold on to or project it or maybe like a, a piece of art on the wall that was digital. Like there's there's more things that you could enjoy in the physical space, but also being digital. But right. there needs to be more to it at this point, at least. Yeah, it's very, uh, it seems very theoretical and and just not, not based in in physic physicality, right? Yeah, for sure. But it's a good idea to try to, you know, I guess the idea is promoting brands and and trying to bring people that live in the in the metaverse in a digital arena out into the real world. You know, now it's kind of a beacon of, hey, get into the out, outside world. There's an outside world out there. Don't just keep staying in in the inside that metaverse you know what i mean yeah yeah the metaverse is a bizarre place and this actually could have been part of the main topic section because the main topic is about the metaverse yes and i'll tell you like i mentioned earlier we had that metaverse story had nothing to do with skiing talking about how (laughs) gross and weird the people are in the metaverse right now doing all kinds of like raping and and abusing people banging everybody's banging because what are you going to do in the metaverse like the we made the not the metaphor but the comparison last week or two weeks ago about movie the show westworld that was what westworld is it was people went there to go do all the things that they couldn't do in the real world They'd go and hook up with prostitutes they'd go shoot people like right. that's what it was that's what and you these would are- do there and that whole Westworld, it was ultra rich people that probably could have done that anyway, but it was an amusement park set up for them to even go wilder, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can do the things that you really just would not be allowed to do in the quote unquote civilized world. But now you're talking the metaverse where it's a, an area that's open to anyone, right? And you don't have to, you're not tied to your, your meat vehicle. You could kind of yeah. create the digital version of whatever you want to be. Yeah. And Which, it's just gets creepy quickly. And what's funny is if you type in ski metaverse or skiing metaverse, the first thing that comes up in Google is our podcast and YouTube. It's kind of crazy. Funny, but crazy. Did that before the podcast. I verified. This is verified by Mario. Yeah, this We got it. It was peer reviewed. We can confirm it. Peer reviewed, triple so, peer reviewed. So I, I was kidding again. We're right there on YouTube with so our again, ski the metaverse. So again, the metaverse is basically a digital world where you can, again, like a avatar world or a Sims world. Like you can live a different life. You can be something else. So I wanted to be like, okay, well, what's it? What's in the ski metaverse? So I actually <laughs> had to find tried to find a couple of videos on YouTube and I found there's probably two, 
two that came up that were pretty highly ranked. There's a bunch of other crap in there. Did you find the videos one- of like people skiing while other people are doing sick, disgusting stuff? While they're watching them, because that's yeah. kind of like what I I imagine the whole metaverse is. One was, some, one was like a guy like trolling people. They're just like exploring the area. He's like you want to race? You want to race? It was like almost like doing like a South Park like Cartman kind of impression. Uh, he's like, Let's go race! And he's like, like I'm just kind of like figuring this out, man. I don't want to race. He's like whatever. He's like racing. He's like, hey, I won! I won! Like just being like an asshole, like troll. <laughs> it's just like imagine like the most annoying people from like grade school or high school. And that's everybody who's in the metaverse right now. Yeah. That's the vibe I got. But there was another one. It was the same kind of ski area. Exploring Horizon Worlds. I don't know if that was the name of the actual game or project. But that's the one that I found. And it was... The guy kind of went through it. And it shows, you know, he's... He's picking his route and it has it puts you on like a virtual what was it called mark's ski world mark's ski resort world and you hop onto the tram and it takes you to like a a ski hill and you can go down and there's lifts and and a bunch of stuff that you can do it's very kind of rudimentary graphic wise <laughs> so again, horizon worlds is part of oculus.com it's part of oculus okay yeah, so it's part of Facebook and okay. Oculus. All right. So you can jump on your tram. It takes you to the resort. You can ski down. There's a ski jump. It's a bunch of different things you can do there. Again, it's very rudimentary looking at this point. And it seems a little weird, a little boring. But imagine, think about your first cell phone that you had and compare it to the cell phone you have now. I remember... I had to borrow my dad's phone because he's, I couldn't afford one. He had one when I was in college and I remember it was, uh, was it Omni point? I think was the carrier. Yeah. And you would be roaming everywhere you went. It was (laughs) constantly roaming. Like your zone was like three counties and then you were roaming. And I remember I drove to visit my buddy, our buddy, Nick out in, uh, at Penn state driving out there. I had an old car and I was, you know, scared driving by myself and the car breaking down in the middle of Pennsylvania, getting raped, you know, like the metaverse. Like, yeah. So I had the cell phone with me just in case. Um, yeah. But compared to like my, you know, iPhone 13, which, you know, is just like can, light years away, like decades, like lifetimes different. Now, this metaverse, so again, right now, rudimentary, simple, very blocky. Imagine Colorado 2080, where the snow is melting. And imagine 60 years of evolution of this product. Perhaps there's some sort of haptic suit you put on. And think about like why you love skiing or snowboarding. Like, What is it about it? I know for me, I love that feeling of pure freedom, of being able to go as fast as I possibly can handle and and making those sharp turns the g-forces you're getting the smell of the cold air but imagine if that haptic suit and this metaverse vr experience is able god bless you to replicate that like that what if it gets and what if it gets to the point where it's actually better than real skiing what if we what if i know it's sounds insane right now and i'm even amazed that i'm saying this but imagine if they get to the point where skiing the metaverse is better than real skiing well i think we're big fans of ready player one ready player two we read the books um i know a lot of people saw the movie and if you think about it like why would people that's where you you get into this whole thing people would do the virtual reality version and get used to it and be like, this is really cool. Why do I even need to go on a trip? And then you start missing like, you know, then you're the old timer, the the outsider that was like, yeah, but you're missing the sound of the birds. And, but then they're like, well, I have sound of the birds, but we have natural sound of the birds outside. You know what I mean? Like it's different, you know, matrix. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So I don't know. I, I think uh, there's something to be said for the real world. Uh, the 
fake world is nice as entertainment, but once you start blurring those lines, I think it gets real creepy really quick. Yeah. And I think it, it, I don't know. It's people have to realize their, their time on this, this, this spinning marble is, uh, is limited. So what are you going to spend your time doing living or playing like you're living? Very limited. But again, think about the things, the, aspects that make something enjoyable to you and imagine if there's a way to manipulate your senses to give you a greater return than the natural version well you know it depends on where you're on your life too right so let's say if i become disabled or i am you know hopefully i I grow to like my 90s i could do it i could do all that stuff in the uh in the metaverse it's very entertaining right like that's kind of cool you could be uh Alexander Kildale. That's right. Like imagine, you could, naked. imagine you could just <laughs> take your existence. Like that's one thing that I always imagined the future vacations, metaverse, VR experience would be. Like imagine you could just live the experience of other people at a particular time in their lives. Like I was thinking like Mario Goethe. Remember one yeah. that won the winning goal for Germany in the World Cup? Yeah. Like imagine you could live that week of his life during that game and afterwards. Like imagine that vacation, how insane and awesome it would be. Crazy. Like you score the game winning World Cup winning goal for Germany. What is your life like that next week? And you could go and virtually get every sense experience feeling emotion that he had through vr so there's this movie uh i just sent you the link for it i think the actual movie is out there on imdb because it's so old but i remember seeing it was back in the 80s and it's this movie called looker looker and the idea is they hook up these electrodes to you and you're able to sense experience and see everything somebody else saw when they taped their experience. Oh, Michael Crichton. Nice. Yeah. Uh, right. It's based off of uh, Michael Crichton book. So it's this guy, like, I guess he's a, like a plastic surgeon and they're, they're getting these models and they wind up like getting their likeness and their VR presence and killing them off so they can use them. But there's also this weird stuff that happens. Like there's this one where, this guy gets a tape of somebody having sex with this uh, model and he winds up putting it on a loop and just uh, Susan days in it too. Um, And he just has, he plays it on a loop of basically having sex with this girl and puts himself into like this weird funky coma of just like frying his brain on all this like overloading sensory experience. So it was kind of interesting, but it's kind of a cheesy movie, like when you see it now, but it's pretty good concept for back in the, in that time. James Coburn. James Coburn. Yeah, Albert Finney. Yeah, the concept sounds really good. But that's like almost like Westworld, way before Westworld, right? Like, or mm-hmm. in a movie form. Like, I think Westworld was a book a long time ago or something. But... Well, Westworld wasn't a movie back in the seventies, and then they just like blew it out. When they yeah, did they had Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner. The, yep. He was like a robot killing people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the concept's been around for a very long time. And if you, there's just the danger there that if you get, even Ready Player One got into it. Like if you're in this thing and you go into a loop, like what, what happens? Did you read Ready Player Two? I never read the second one, no. Second one was pretty good too. Kind of extends from the first and... It gets into some weirder stuff, but um, yeah. it was very cool. But yeah, I think you got to be careful with all this stuff because it could get out of control. Yeah, and it's almost you could get lost in there. I mean, video games alone right now are just detrimental in some ways. Like, you know, a kid that's really good at sports, rather than play sports, they're spending time on video games. What's that getting him? You know, it's not getting him anything in the physical world you that's going to make their life better. You can but, make some dough in the video game world these days. Yeah, but it's still kind of it's still kind of a 
there's a very small sub. So look at professional sports today versus professional sports 20 years ago, right? 20 years ago, you're just getting beat up, making a little bit of money and had a little bit of stardom. It wasn't, now you're superstars, right? Yeah. I think eGames is, is, is back right now where there's, there's a subset of people making a ton of money, you know, just a small sliver. Um, so while it's a nice dream that people can say, oh yeah, I want to be a professional gamer. Okay. Well, do you think you're going to make it or are you just going to play six hours of video games a day? You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> nothing's gonna stop you but like i really don't know anymore about anything like it's so funny it's so easy to be like this is stupid no one's ever gonna use this and then in like five ten years it's like takes over the whole world yeah i mean think about so this horizon world they have the video and it's really cool like they show you you know skiing and all so think about them having and they had this during covid for biking they had a virtual tour de france so they had people at home on, I don't know if they were Peloton bikes, but there was something like that where they were hooked up whoever to whoever sponsored the event. Yeah. Whoever sponsored the event, like, and it might've been Swift or whoever, but they had like all the metrics for the riders riding on their own bike at home or in a gym with like somebody monitoring and watching. And then they had trainers and stuff like that. With were them. they allowed to dope during this? Who cares? It's during COVID dope, dope away. <laughs> but they were showing just some of the metrics. It was really cool, like showing the people doing the rides and they were showing the metrics of them riding and they were still doing physical activity, but in a virtual setting, right? So that's kind of, you're getting the combination of both. You're really riding, but it's it's keeping track virtually of where you would be in relation to each other. And it was really interesting because you got, you know, these people putting out incredible cardio performances and you're like, wow. So at least you have physical with the virtual. Um, I can imagine something like that being set up for maybe skiing or something, right? Like you do uh, the Hanukkah. Well, cross country, definitely. But yeah, <laughs> you know, if you could somehow mimic like downhill. Yeah. Right. That'd be kind of interesting. Maybe you can't mimic the speed and the, the actual drop, but the skill in how you turn and when you turn, you know, they do a car racing, right? The, the virtual car racing, yeah. you put them in a simulator. It's very similar, you know? Well, and think too about what else you could do in virtual that might not be doable in the real world then too. Like imagine you create an event and again, you could control it where you have someone who's cross country skiing and then all of a sudden they're doing a massive downhill. Then they're doing a ski jump right into slaloms, you know, yeah. like, like a, like a, forget like the Nordic combined do like the entire master combined. Yeah. Which you could do virtually if you had the right, you know, the right device that had the right controls. Well, think about they they always try to compare like, oh, you know, Michael Jordan compared to Kobe Bryant, compared to Shaq, compared to, you know, and they compare, you know, to Larry Bird, whatever. And, they, and they're trying to compare people that might just still be alive, but are very different age brackets, right? Well, if you got a skill game based on that same sport, well, now you could actually have a game that they can all play in no matter what age they are and kind of level that playing field of at least a part of the skill. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. You can kind of cross those boundaries and you can extend, you can have, you know, kids at 15 playing against adults at 80, you know, and yeah, actually see some comparison of, is there skill involved that, that kind of translates? It's, it's kind of interesting when you open it up to that. Anything is possible in the metaverse. Yeah, it's possible. That's right. Yeah. Well, then you got women and men and children and all people just all playing the same. Yeah. And whatever letters you want to put out there, they could play just the same and could have, you know, I don't know. They they could hook up my dog to run very fast and try to beat them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know where this is going to go. We'll see. I mean, we have no insights. We have no no plan to build anything in the metaverse. I assure you that again, I get pissed off when I see all this stuff come to fruition or sort of, I was promised this all back when I was watching the Jetsons, man, it's bullshit. I've been robbed. We were promised a lot of things robbed the Roomba. 
I remember the house of the future is going to have this. I'm like watching. I'm like, should have happened back in the eighties. No, got to wait till the two thousands to get a damn Roomba. Supposed to have flying cars. Now we where's my flying car? My drag drag queens in every school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Progress. (laughs) Progress. Well, if you have any insights on the metaverse, hit us up. Skeevan podcast at gmail.com. Under the ropes. We got one story. We're going to the ropes. Mario, want to take this bad boy? I'm going to let you start this one off. I got comments. A lot of comments. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, then I will kick it off. How about Taco Bell redefining the drive-thru with the Defy restaurant? (laughs) I don't know if you've seen pictures of this. You need to go and check it out because speaking of the Jetsons, they said it looks like a combo of the Jetsons and a fancy new bank. Promises to deliver food to your car faster through vertical lifts than work similarly to tubes used by banks. Nice. This opened a few weeks ago in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, and it's operated by Border Foods, which has close to 240 Taco Bell locations. Three of the drive through lanes are dedicated to mobile or delivery orders, and the fourth is a traditional drive through Mobile orders, customers can scan a QR code they received when placing their orders and pull forward to receive their food. Food is delivered from the elevated kitchen above through a proprietary lift system developed by Minneapolis-based Vertical Works, Inc. Why it matters. The fast food restaurant drive through and mobile ordering have both grown since the pandemic. From February 2020 through February 2022, digital orders grew by 117%, delivery orders by 116%, and drive through orders increased by 20%, according to the NPD group. Wow. According to the 2021 QSR Magazine drive through study, the average total time on a fast food line was 346 seconds. Let's do that math. Was that six minutes? But Taco Bell had the fastest time at 268 seconds. All right. You got to take a look at this. Like the, you've seen the picture of it, right? It's pretty awesome. It's like a restaurant on stilts. Yeah. And then you have the drive through like tubes where I'm telling you, Brian and I were talking about this, I think two years ago, maybe even longer, maybe like four years ago, where we were talking about stuffing <laughs> Chipotle uh, burritos in the drive through of the bank. Just here you go, his burrito. Or also, I think we evolved a trebuchet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We had a trebuchet. We had a lot of things. launching burritos. Dude, you could launch like burritos off of this top of this Taco Bell. Yep. You just drop them down. But like, yo, man, I'll drop it into your mouth. It's like, bam, bam, burritoed. You've been burritoed. I don't know. But it's pretty cool looking. Uh, you know what this does, though? I'm looking at this. And as I'm looking at it, you know what this, it's genius. Because this avoids the stick up. This is like every convenience <laughs> store should go to this concept. Because you're there, at, you know, instead of having bulletproof glass, you're just there at like, you know, two in the morning, three in the morning. Somebody wants to buy some stuff. You just send it down the little tube. Send pay it for it, the and I'll send it down. I ain't send it down until you pay for it. Yeah, I don't know if they said if it's a twenty four seven Taco Bell or not. It should be. I hope it is. Then again, if it's like, <laughs> you ever see Escape from like New York or Escape from oh, the Bronx? Yeah. So if you're in there serving food and the gang comes up and they want the food, they just start fires around underneath it and just burn you out. Yeah. So it's a bold move. Kind of gets dark. God, I would love Taco Bell right now. Yeah. I haven't had Taco Bell in a long time. What about those Star Trek things where you're supposed to push buttons and then you could have it boom. Materializes, right? Yeah. I want some Taco Bell right now. Boom. Taco Bell. I could eat like six tacos right now. Mmm, tacos. Be so good. I think the last time I had Taco Bell, it was at the uh, the one right off of ninety one in Greenfield, Massachusetts. Huh? Because they have those uh, Doritos shells. Oh yeah, the Doritos Locos. Oh my god, is that the most genius thing ever? So I've had good and bad Taco Bell in the last. <laughs> I gotta say, three months. I think I've gotten Taco Bell like twice. 
One time was phenomenal, great, middle of day, everything was fresh, tasted great. And the other time, got it, got it home. It was like a big, mushy, nasty mess. And I just ate it. And I was like, it was not, it did not sit well. Mm. So it just depends. And then you know what I had the other day? Chipotle. I'm back on the Chipotle wagon. I never really left the Chipotle wagon, but I still haven't been there in quite a while. I left because of the stupid bad press, and I know it was, it was kind of fake news, pumped up bad press. Uh, but I went back to Chipotle a few, probably like a month ago. I haven't been there much, but we went the other day, and um, of course, I got a burrito a few weeks ago, and that just nearly killed me. My insides just couldn't handle the amount of burrito that I ate. Uh, but then this week, I just started like get the bowl, man. The bowls are great. Oh, nice the Chipotle bowl. bowls, yeah. Yeah. The closest Taco Bell to me is open till 2 a.m. Damn. Like, what's going down at Taco Bell at 1 a.m.? Nothing good. Nothing positive, right? <laughs> nothing good. Nothing positive. After 12 o'clock. After 11 o'clock, there's nothing good going on at any drive-thru. I think after 9 o'clock, it gets pretty dicey. Dude, the best is White Castle. You go to White Castle, and they got the bulletproof glass with the turntable turn table like they want to make sure you don't have any interaction at all that you you can stick somebody up i kind of respect that oh yeah well think about it you're in that little you know bulletproof glass box you're like just serving food yeah oh man they don't have any white castle down here that's that's what i miss like i'm a like i'm a simple man like right now if i could get like four nacho cheese doritos locos tacos like i would be freaking living the dream regular hard tacos that's all i am a regular hard taco guy sometimes supreme sometimes not but that's it every I once like, in a while throwing a uh a gordita or something like that <laughs> the, the good old gordita is that the soft shell that's been like fused with, the hard, with it's cheese, a hard, shell, hard shell with the soft shell around it yeah they like fuse it to it with yeah cheese. oh and then they brought back the mexican pizza recently didn't they like sell out of it really quickly and they had a like they're like it's coming back in the fall. Yeah, it's like the McDonald's, um, the McRib? uh, no, the the sauce, the uh, Szechuan sauce, <laughs> the, the Mulan sauce, the Mulan Szechuan sauce. Yeah, that's so funny. When the hell is Rick and Morty coming back? I don't know. Is that even still? See, that's the problem. If they take too long of a break, I'm like, uh, are they still even going? Yeah. The friggin' Chalupa. That's- like, what else a Chalupa? Oh, that's what I was saying. Not the gordita, the chalupa. They still got the chalupas. The gordita is the shell. It's like the two shells fused together with cheese. Yeah, the chalupa is like a fried, like pita almost or something. I don't know. It's just different. <laughs> Freaking Taco Bell, man. Got to give it to him. What the hell is the crunch wrap? I don't know. It's crunchy and it's a wrap. That looks like a. They have breakfast now, don't they? I believe they do have breakfast now. I've never gone to Taco Bell for breakfast. Am I missing something? Probably not. I don't think anyone ever has. I'm looking it up right now. Do they actually have breakfast? Yeah, they got the Bell breakfast. Cheesy toasted breakfast burrito bacon. That actually looks pretty goddamn good. I got to tell you. Think about it. It's egg and cheese and... We got one with sausage. I mean, breakfast is an equalizer. You can go anywhere and probably get a decent breakfast. I mean, I'm not lying. They freaking shove a hash brown in this motherfucker. (laughs) <laughs> Dude, they shot oh, it's a hash brown in the middle, man. That's yes. Great. Oh my <laughs> god, hash brown toasted breakfast burrito steak. That looks awesome. Damn, that's what I'm talking about for breakfast tomorrow. Oh, look, they got the grande toasted breakfast burrito sausage, and it has little chunks of it's like hash browns or hash home brown fries in it. Home fries in it. Oh, that looks god pretty good. Damn. Almost looks like tater tots in it. Yeah, these look phenomenal. I think the one bad thing is they open for breakfast at 1030. Like, come on, yeah. man. Think about it. You're eating tacos until like five in the morning. Like you're switching over for breakfast late. Come on, Taco Bell. The thing is, can you eat? Can you get breakfast anytime? Yeah. What is it? 1030 to like 11? Like a <laughs> half hour? Like what the hell? Can you get, can you get the breakfast once? Well, I just added one to cart. I don't really see anything that's. Oh. It's got items. any real health value except for the black coffee. 
I'm not going to lie. Grande toasted breakfast burrito with steak looks pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, guacamole to it. Breakfast crunch wrap combo. My mouth is watering right now. Yeah. You know what would make, you know what would put this over the top? Um, If they had, um, what the hell is the uh, Spanish sausage? Chorizo? Chorizo. If they had chorizo in there. Oh, oh, oh baby. You're talking. Oh. Yeah, like a uh, hash brown toasted breakfast burrito with chorizo. Oh, now we're talking. God damn. A little salsa on that bad boy. I still, can't, I still can't find out what the hell time breakfast hours are. <laughs> yeah, this is a problem. Yeah, there's a lot of places that uh, I guess serve breakfast that you just go flying by in the morning. You're like, I'm going to work. Yeah. I'm surprised. Um, I went to uh, freaking Dunkin' Donuts recently. They got like avocado toast and they have hummus toast. Like they have all these other selections now. Like Some breakfast. like tomato, basil thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm impressed. I'm like, wow, they stepped it up with like. That said, I did see a commercial. They have some sort of like birthday cake smoothie thing. Uh, it's like a like birthday donuts cake coffee smoothie. It's like, really? Like, how fat are you trying to get? Oh, some of those donuts, they have like the stuffed donuts with the cream on the out. Like, it's just crazy. Like stuffed like donut with stuffing. Went to Tim Hortons when I was in Canada. Jimmy's. Oh, a few times, of course. And some of those donuts they have there too. They got like stuffed donuts, like... And I'm like, well, go Canada. Blame Canada. Getting my double-double. I was looking with Bodie the other day, and we're like, how much would it be to set up a Tim Hortons down here at the beach? (laughs) And I think it's like 25 grand for the franchise fee. And I'm like, that's not bad. It really isn't too bad. There's a lot of Canadians come down here. Not a Canucks, eh? Yeah, just get a little Timmy's out there. They'll be like, I got to go to Timmy's. Get some Timbits. Yeah, I'm starving now. We gotta wrap the podcast up. I gotta go eat something. I'm looking up Tim Horton's franchise. I'm gonna want some donuts now. I'm in. Count me in for five grand. There we go. We're starting a Tim Horton's. All you guys gotta get is the next uh, twenty. You're good to go. Skibum podcast. Tim Horton's. How about that? Maybe we just take over Tim Horton's. Like we'll just. They're on like by Burger King, right? By the company that owns them. I think Burger King does own them. Yeah. There was a Tim Horton's by me when I moved here. And then it shut down. And now it's shut down. Something else. Probably a bank. Oh, starting investment. So this is what I heard. You gotta have so much in in investable assets, but then there's a, a franchise fee. Mm. So oh that's they're saying total investment for a Tim Hortons franchise is between six hundred and eighty thousand to one point nine million. God damn. Isn't that crazy? It's a lot of donuts you gotta sell. So that's the initial investment. That's crazy. A lot of donuts. Yeah. All right. A ton of donuts. We got to wrap it up. I got to go eat something now after talking about Taco Bell. Do you want to go through this Taco Bell drive-thru? Oh, I really do. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We got a shop, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. Find us on your favorite social media apps, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, untapped at skibumpodcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week or so. Hey, guys, stay saluting. See ya.